0: You've reached the house of unrecognized talent. Please start after that. Big shot. Anybody No. white buddy looks like just out. Emotional, 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 emotional. Why you emotional? Why you emotional? Ah, you emotional. Yeah. Big shot, big shot. You see, I pay my taxes. I hold the door open for strangers. I let people cross while I'm in my car. I'm not saying I live an incredibly virtuous life by any means. You know, no one's perfect. I get that. I would not put myself near that category. But after yesterday, you have to think, Sean, is there something, do you you deserve more than what you're getting for your fandom with this Atlanta Falcons team? I think I do. I do favors around the neighborhood uh, for my elderly neighbors. I try to do a good job at work. Nice to my mom. I try to do a lot of the, the good things. So come Sunday, I can feel good about myself and sit down and watch the team that I love. That I truly love. I mean, it is. I, I, I cannot break myself away from this Falcons team. Can't. We saw the story. We know it happens. We saw it. Falcons lose 39 to 40. Yeah, they lost. But the worst part is that the hope that they consistently instill within their fan base. That's over now. I I cannot retain any more hope for this team. I can't. It was, it's past the point of me being sad about a loss. Yesterday, it felt like Hollow. I felt like a, a, a dead person walking around, driving to work, no thoughts in my mind, just completely glazed over, like like a dead fish. It, it doesn't, it 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 just does not compute anymore for me to feel anything. But emptiness when Atlanta chokes, I will say. Hopefully, they got the big one out out of their system early this year. I'm really hoping they did, and. I already talked about the karma with Joe on the big show, and we're going to double back on that, I'm sure, for this show. I'm hoping we get it out on Wednesday. He's going to give me a taste of my own medicine, deservedly so. He's not a real Clippers fan. I'm a real Falcons fan, so I'm sure I'm going to be feeling a little worse. He's going to have a little more for me. The big part is I hope they got it out of their system early. If they did, great. Then we can move on. There's always one. There's always one. And for anybody in the uh, live Periscope on Twitter, which I set up, yeah, it's, uh, I'm recording this also for the podcast listeners. I, uh, I really don't get it. I'm really, really hoping that this team is able to say, okay, we got that. Off our backs. Now let's play some real football. We were the team this year that didn't know the rules of an onside kick, which I'll double back to later. We're the team. There's always one. So we were the team that decided, okay, we didn't know the rules. Won't happen again. Cool, 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 cool. Don't let it happen again. But the problem is with this franchise and this culture that's been developed, There is no way that it won't happen again, that they won't choke again, that they won't do something incredibly foolish like this again. Why wouldn't they? It is a team that you get bit by the snake. Okay, snake bites you, you got a little snake bite. But they keep on running over and poking the snake with a stick, thinking it won't bite them again. That snake can go by a lot of names. It can go by twenty-eight to three. It can go by culture. It can go by atmosphere. It can also go by Dan Quinn. I've never been the guy that says, "Okay, you should be fired. Let's let's get it out of here. Let, let's let's restart." Never been that guy that's gonna call for somebody else's job. What sense does that make to me? I don't want anybody calling for my job. In some level, the infrastructure in Atlanta, they don't know how to win. They don't know how to finish games, and they cannot produce when they need to produce. Chalk that up to whatever you want to, but there definitely needs to be some form of change. So without me going out and saying, yes, he should be fired, I would say, okay, I expect him to get a pink slip given the previous actions and failures that this team has put the players through and the fans through. In the general point, who cares about the fans? Really? You know, you want to win for the fans, make them feel good. Good. But when you look at it just from the business perspective, it doesn't make sense to keep the same thing going on and to keep losing in the same Depressing fashion. So whatever side of the coin you're going to flip, it's showing get out the door, Jack. It really hurts because the defense started great. This is a, a, first quarter. I'll take that first quarter defense. First half defense all year. I'll take it. What they do? Forced four fumbles, recovered Three. Give me that all day. Then where does it go? What happens to it? Who knows? Why does Dallas finally decide to nut up and start playing real offense? It's because they knew they were playing Atlanta. It's because they knew if they hung around just long enough, they would get their way. And they did. They 100% did. They said, okay, first half. They got us up 29-10. to 10. Their offense looked great. Ridley's killing us. They had a great play designed to Hayden Hurst. They look great. They're kicking field goals. They're scoring, not turning the ball over. But they're still Atlanta. So we know that if we hang around, If we just keep on chipping away, chip away, chip away at this team, we can win this game. They wouldn't think that about, I don't know, the Niners, Seahawks, Texans, these uh, Packers, any of these franchises who, talent wise, I'd say Atlanta's on the same level with, but team wise, not even close. I get it. You lost tack. That hurts. He was showing out really good, really well, looked fast, looked powerful, looked explosive. He's out of the game. That hurts. Snakebite. Injury bug. Happens. That happens. It's football. You weren't the only team to lose two starters yesterday. A lot of teams did. You lose McGarry, starting right tackle, who's been doing very well. That hurts. But you're still winning. You have to find a way to chew down the clock and keep putting points on the board. Or get a stop. One of the two. You can't stop scoring and then let them score. What sense does that... You can't do that. At the very least, you need to, you need to let the clock run. Tempo, tempo, whatever. Atlanta, you need to let the clock run longer because you know you're going to choke. Play it slowly. Grind and wear them out. Because if your defense is on the field, they're going to get scored on. I just... Don't understand how a professional football team culture can be so bad at preserving leads. And this happened before 28-3. It's been happening consistently since the genesis of the Atlanta Falcons. My fandom started in what? 05? Okay. Really became a fan in 08. Tried to watch every single game I could. Followed them. And I have been, everybody who has been an Atlanta Falcons fan has been witnessing these collapses or the the nearest possible thing to a collapse as you can get. Seahawks game, 2012, shouldn't have even had to come down to a Matt Bryant game-winning field goal. Shouldn't have even come close to that. San Francisco 49ers, a week later, What do you do then? You're up 17 nothing. You're rolling. You're feeling good. And then you collapse and you lose. And then you go to the Super Bowl with an immaculate lead. And you collapse and you lose. It's a self-destructive atmosphere and environment. It is... is toiling on every single fan. Mega fans, regular fans, even fans that just are like, oh, I live here in Atlanta. I'll check out the team, see how they did. Those people have got to be like, "Yo, what just happened? And then the rest of us who have been weathered and broken down by this team and the ineptitude of them to close out a game are like, oh, yeah, first time seeing this, good for you. God, what a bunch of, oh, boy. I don't know. I can't call them winners. What do you do now? What do you do with a team that has a great offensive identity in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan? You hope that Todd Gurley can work his way into that identity. One touchdown in two games, roughly, I think, what now, 150 yards in two games? Okay, whatever. Not expecting him to put up insane numbers, but just be a good back. Just be the back that we want you to be. Defense, developing a little bit of an identity. Deion Jones, great player. Grady Jarrett, anchor. Keanu O'Neill, hit stick. So you have a, a definitive identity on the offensive side. You have somewhat of an identity on the defensive side. Special teams, Young-Wei Ku has been great. So you have a good kicker too. And then somehow you can't put all those together and figure out that, hey, one of these variables, or one of the variables that goes into a football team, aside from the players, isn't working. So that must be the coach. It must be something on the top end. And I know Arthur Blank sure as hell deserves better than this. I think he's a fantastic owner. But the Grim Reaper's got to come down and just say, okay, time's up. I still think it's early enough in the season Whereas if you had an interim coach come in, it could be salvageable. And the first two losses, I get it. Terrible, terrible choke. Uh, You lose to Seattle. They were a better team. They just torched you. But you still scored. And then you lose to Dallas, which was a, a terrible loss. One of the worst that I've ever seen. But it doesn't feel like last year when you were getting ran out by Minnesota and Indy and uh, Houston and the Titans early on in the season where you're just like, oh, well, offense, offense isn't working. No, the offense is working. The defense is, it seems to be trying. I don't know. I wish so many players weren't getting cramps. I don't know what that's about. Whatever, I get it that it is a a very weird season and that training camp has been off and you don't get to run around in the first uh, two or three games of the preseason and get your legs under you, get used to it. So I already knew coming into this, first weeks were going to be a little bit rough. They were. The first weeks were going to be rough because you're getting the preseason stuff out now. But other teams aren't 0-2. Other teams aren't choking in the fashion that you did. And it's just it just makes the whole season worrisome. Because how many times are these players going to have to say, all right, time to rally. Time to rally after this choke. We've got to bounce back. How many times do they have to bounce back? Why can't they just be, just get off to a good start? Get hot. Goodness gracious. There shouldn't be a constant need to have to bounce back after a choke. This doesn't happen with other teams. Yes, other teams blow leads. They do. It happens in football. That's how games are won. But no teams have to deal with this at such a consistent fashion. Why why is our atmosphere... I say, our, why is the Atlanta Falcons atmosphere so poor where they've almost forgotten how to win? And when they win a game, it just feels like, ah, we lucked into it, or good win, hope we don't choke next week. There's not going to be one Falcons fan next week who isn't both excited for the game and completely mortified for the game just to see what this team does to them. Just to see how they are going to mess it up. I was even content week one. Julio had 157. Ridley had like 130 and two touchdowns. Gage had 100 yards. Gurley had a touchdown. I'm like, okay, okay. Seattle's got probably the MVP. And Russell Wilson, which I guess we're starting an MVP narrative super early, especially after learning that he had no votes cast. So we're like, all right, we're going to make sure that Russell Wilson wins MVP this year. Right now he's playing like it. not going to deny that. But also I'm starting to get the narrative thing. Week one, I still felt pretty good because it just showed signs that the offense was alive. This week showed signs that the offense was alive. And the defense has the potential to be alive. So say they come out versus the Bears next week. First three quarters. It's all clicking. Fourth quarter comes around. The Bears are saying, hey, you guys know who we're playing. You guys know what the deal is. So... Let's just win this game and take it from them and make them 0-3. Or that's situation A. Situation B, Atlanta comes out super flat. Khalil Mack gets, what, three and a half sacks, forced fumble. Eddie Jackson gets a pick. Fuller gets a pick. and it, It's, I don't know, 24-0 at the half. Then it goes to, I don't know, 27-0. Atlanta gets a touchdown, 27-7. Uh, Atlanta gets a stop, 27-14, 27-17. Then, late fourth quarter, uh, Chicago just wears them down, and it's all done. And we're finished. And 0-3. I don't see Atlanta winning this game. I can't. I can't see them coming away in this game with a win. How could you? Because it's either going to go like it did last week or it's going to be a completely flat team that looks like they don't want to be there and they're just not even going to – they're going to barely show up. I just can't stand it. And I can't stand the tension and I can't stand how next Sunday – Got work off, too. I'm going to be thinking, oh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Good day for Sunday football. After being deprived of Sunday football for four years uh, after playing college ball. I'm, a, I'm enjoying having my Sundays free for once. And I know Atlanta's going to ruin it. You want to lock for the week before we get to Sinners and Boozers on, uh, uh, on Wednesday? Lock in on the Bears beating Atlanta. That's my lock. Atlanta won't win. They can't bounce back. They can't rally. And they can't protect the lead. Atlanta is like a grape. Good or bad. When the light comes on it from the media, other teams, it's going to shrivel up into a raisin and die. You think they're handling the 24-7 ESPN coverage about the Cowboys coming back on their asses? You think they're handling that well or liking that? Some teams would see that and say, okay, that lit a fire under us. Like the, like the 2,000 bucks when Warren Sapp got there. And he heard Chris Berman call the, the Bucks the yucks on Sunday morning countdown. He said, okay, we're changing this team up. That's lighting a fire. I'm not seeing a fire in Atlanta. I'm not seeing that be lit. It's not. I don't know. I've been speaking for 20 minutes. It might be out of my system. It might not. This loss is haunting me. I'm furious. I'm tired. And I'm empty. Inside. That's the smoke show. Thanks to everybody that tuned in on the live. Thanks for everybody that listened to this. Hopefully Wednesday we can get the whole crew together. Going to be recording on night. That episode might drop Thursday. This one I'll put up for the podcast right after this, but yeah, you'll get to hear Joe get his his licks in on me on the big show. Thanks for tuning in. Smoke show will be back who knows when.